Hello, my friends, and welcome to this year's Spooktober event on my podcast, Inside My Busy Mind. I am so excited to be doing this again with you all. It is so much fun for me. I really do enjoy it. If you know me or anything about me, you know that I love Halloween. I love anything creepy, scary, spooky, paranormal, true crime. I love it all. It's my favorite. So I really just want to share that interest and joy with all of you. If you don't know what Spooktober is or if you weren't around for last year's Spooktober, basically what I'll be doing is for the next few episodes during the month of October, I will be reading some scary stories from online. The majority of them are from Reddit, but some of them are from other sources as well. I will specify that within the episode and in the description of the episode. If you are an author or somebody who wrote one of the stories that I am reading and you would like for me to remove it, please message me at imbmpodcast on Instagram and I will do that for you. That will also be in the description of this episode. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening and I hope that you enjoy. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Inside My Busy Mind. This is episode three of my Spooktober event, and I am particularly excited about this one because it is a personal story. It is one that I wrote myself, and um, I have some more information about this story at the end, so make sure you listen all the way through. Um, You definitely want to, it'll give you a better understanding of everything that happened. Um, Real quickly, I have two quick disclaimers before I dive into the story. Number one, I am not in my usual recording environment, so any weird background noises or anything that you're just not used to hearing in my regular episodes, I do apologize for that. This is just the best that I can do for today. Um, Second disclaimer is the story does include some uncomfortable mention of treatment towards children. It's nothing physical, but it is definitely uncomfortable. So um, if you are, if that's something that you cannot handle at all or don't want to you know listen to I totally understand don't worry about it just skip this episode all right let's go ahead and dive in this does not have a title yet um it's just called my creepy story so if you have any suggestions for a good title let me know when I was a kid we had a neighbor across the street that we called pervy and for good reason on several occasions this man made my sisters and I extremely uncomfortable especially my older sisters, who were 12 and 14 at the time. To paint a picture, there were a couple of specific instances that earned him the nickname. But let's start with his appearance. If you've seen the TV show King of the Hill, he looks just like the character Dale. If you haven't seen that show, picture the bad man from the movie The Lovely Bones. If you haven't seen that either, then just picture the skinniest, palest white man with short, dirty blonde hair, a majorly receding hairline, tiny eyes, and a long nose. His real name was Randy, but we didn't know that for a very long time. Now to explain his actions that led up to the perfectly fitting nickname. There was a day that my, at the time, 14-year-old sister was riding her bike up and down the street, just enjoying being a kid. It just so happened that she looked over at his house on her way back down the street, directly at his living room window, only to lay her eyes upon his genitals. Perhaps one could say he was in the privacy of his own home, and one could also say that she shouldn't have been looking into his windows. 
But personally, I say that no adult should be standing naked in front of a window when they know their neighborhood is full of children. My mom called the police and explained the situation, but they were of little to no help. They told us that without proof, there wasn't much they could do for us. My sister never rode her bike in the neighborhood again after that day. We couldn't prove that this was an intentional act of public indecency, nor could we actually do anything about it, but this event placed red flags all the way around his yard from that day forward. My sisters and I avoided this man at all costs, and yet he was still very prevalent in our childhood. There were other occurrences that built up our intolerance towards pervy, none quite as graphic or disturbing as the first, but uncomfortable nonetheless. On another occasion, Pervy came to the neighborhood pool wearing nothing but boxers, tattered, ripped, and torn. My mom called the police at this point, maybe being an overprotective mother, or maybe it was pure instinct, but once again, there was no help for us in this matter. Pervy was just sent away from the pool area and told to come back with a proper swimsuit. Thankfully, he didn't come back. Another time, my sisters were outside playing with some of their friends from up the street, the majority of them were boys because the majority of the kids in the neighborhood were boys. Apparently, Pervy was feeling ballsy that day and told my sister's friends that they better stay away from his girls. The next interaction with him was not the last, but it's the last one I will tell before I get into the real story. One day, my aunt came over to hang out with my mom and she brought my younger cousin with her so we could all play together. I was about nine or 10 at the time, so my sister and cousin were six or seven. We asked if we could go outside and play in the front yard. My sister and I would often play in our front yard without supervision. My neighborhood was considerably safe despite the weirdo across the street, and our front door was always wide open during the day, so they gave us permission and out we went. My aunt had a small, old, white Honda that was already beat to hell and back, so she didn't mind that we were climbing all over the hood, roof, and trunk of the car. Obviously pervy-minded. He minded very much. He opened his door and peered around with only his head showing, eyes and mouth wide open at us, and he just stared. Then he slowly stepped back into his house and closed the door, all the while still staring at us, eyes and mouth still wide open. At the time, it scared me so bad, so bad that I ran inside crying, telling my mom what happened. She had had enough. Let's just say this story ends in my mom confronting him from his driveway and throwing the TV remote at him. Yes, she got it back for anyone who's wondering. As time went on and as we aged, we became less and less afraid of Pervy and more and more annoyed and inconvenienced by him. My sister, our friends, and I used to play a game where we would dare each other to go knock on his door whenever he wasn't home, just to see if someone would answer. I guess in our child brains, we thought someone was inside, regardless of him living alone and his car being gone. The game was fun, exhilarating, and nerve-wracking, which is the perfect potion for a board of group, oh my goodness, for a board group of kids on a summer day. As fun as the game was, it came to a very abrupt end one day when it was my turn to knock on the door. Like usual, I crept up his porch stairs, tiptoeing on each step, avoiding making any noise that would give away my presence. I lifted my fist to knock, but before my knuckles met the door, I noticed something different. This time, the door was open. Very slightly, just a small crack, but it was definitely open. I don't know what came over me. I don't know where the bravery came from, but for some dreadful reason, I entered his home. It smelled stale, like a Goodwill, with a hint of cigarettes. The layout was very boring. 
He had very little furniture and almost zero decor besides a couple of what appeared to be fake plants on a side table in his living room. I began to venture further into his home, my eyes landing upon a small framed photo hanging on the wall just before a hallway. In the photo, Pervy stood, smiling, next to a plump blonde woman. Her hair was curly and of medium length, her skin pale and her eyes were bright blue like the sky. She was very pretty, too pretty for someone like Pervy. They appeared to be a couple by the way their arms were interlocked, but how, how, I, how had I not seen this woman before? Where is she? What happened to her? As I walked down the hall, I approached the bedroom door and a small, my goodness, you guys, I'm so sorry. This is my own story and I'm messing it up. I approached the bedroom door and a smell washed over me, one I had never smelled before, and my heart dropped to the pit of my stomach. I placed my hand on the doorknob and opened it very slowly, unsure of what I was going to find behind it, unsure of the source of the horrifying smell. When I opened the door, I was astonished to see a beautiful bedroom decorated with pink roses, dead and fresh, and they were everywhere, on the walls, on the tables, the dressers, and the TV stand. The bed was huge, with a large, fluffy, white comforter spread across very neatly. Despite the dried-up rose petals on the floor, the room was very clean. I was so entranced by the sight that the unidentified smell began to slowly disappear. I walked around the room, running my hand across the collage of flowers, smelling a couple here and there, and trying to figure out what all of this meant. As I was taking everything in, I heard a car door close. My heart dropped once again. It was too late for me to make a run for the back door, and the window in this bedroom was covered by a large dresser, so there was no way out. Terrified and unsure of what to do, I quickly slid myself under the bed and held my breath, hoping and praying that Pervy would go into the bathroom for a shower, or maybe he had just forgotten something at home and needed to grab it before heading back out to wherever he spent his days. As I listened to his footsteps moving through the living room, I could tell he was being cautious. He knew someone else was there. I knew he knew. It was such an intense feeling in my chest. Although he had not entered the bedroom yet, I closed my eyes and turned my head away from the door, like a child, believing if I couldn't see him, he couldn't see me. Suddenly, it became dead silent. I didn't hear his footsteps anymore. I couldn't hear a single thing. Still, with my head facing away from the door, I opened my eyes again, only to see big, bloodshot eyes staring back at me, bright blue like the sky. A single blonde curl was hanging down next to the right eye, almost covering it, but not quite. I let out the heaviest, loudest, most blood-curdling scream I had ever done in my life. I felt this scream boil up from inside my stomach, through my lungs and heart, up my esophagus, and vibrated out of my mouth, echoing through my own ears and shaking my brain. At this point, I had no more questions. I had no more desire to remain hidden until the coast was clear. Almost as soon as the scream left my mouth, I leapt out from underneath the bed, threw the dresser to the floor, flung the window open, and practically flew out. I ran back to my house so fast that I didn't even feel my feet hit the ground. Shaking and panicking, I told my mom what I had found in his home. The look on my face must have sold her, because she didn't ask any questions. She just dialed 911. The police came and they questioned me, then after hearing my story, went over to Pervy's house and asked if they could go inside and take a look around. To my amazement and utter bewilderment, they came back out less than 15 minutes later, laughing and shaking Pervy's hand. They found nothing. They didn't believe me. 
They thought it was just a kid making up a story to cover the fact that she had broken into someone's home and got caught inside. But I know what I saw, and Pervy knows what I saw. I don't know how he did it. I don't know where he put the body or how he hid it so quickly. From that day forward, I did everything in my power to stay out of his path no matter what, and for the most part, I was successful. But I'm still waiting for the day that the truth comes out, and I have an odd feeling that Pervy is still waiting to get his revenge. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that was my story, and every single part of it was true up until me entering his home. So everything else actually happened in my childhood. All of those things that gave him the nickname Pervy, those actually happened. We did actually play the game where we would knock on his door when he wasn't home. All of that happened. But the moment where I mentioned his door being open and me stepping inside, all of that was actually based on a real dream that I had when I was a child, a real like nightmare that I had when I was a child about this man. So. I kind of just meshed it all into one story together. I thought that that would be really like spooky, you know, for Halloween and everything. Um, so yeah, this man, I cannot definitively say that he did or did not kill somebody. Um, but in my dream, he most certainly did. Um, I also wanted to quickly apologize for stumbling so much over so many of those words. Um, this is actually like the fourth time that I've recorded this story. Um, things just kept messing up and getting in my way. And that's why I'm in a different recording environment. Just, I needed somewhere quieter. So that's my story. I am planning on posting it on Reddit. I just have to go through and revise a couple of things, edit some spelling and some grammar errors that I had in there. Um, I also need to give it a good title, but that was my story. And I hope that it creeped you guys out. I hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I hope that I catch you guys in my next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of this year's Spooktober event. I hope that it creeped you out. I hope it got you in the mood for spooky season for Halloween. I know that it did for me. And I really hope that you guys join me in my next episode to hear some more spooky stories. Thanks so much. Bye.